0: get full coverage on youtube you have to have copyright free music because i'm all about getting that bag you cannot get monetized if you have anything that resembles possible copyright infringement therefore i had to change my intro intro hey y'all this is 2022, a new year, a new time for podcasting. And I had to get a funky beat to basically express what I want to put out in the atmosphere. And this is Tinfro. I'm back, back, back again. I'm a social critic, thought leader, but I'm more reclus- reclusive and cranky. But I want to read, watch, cook and just share all things that make me happy. My wish is that this increases the curiosity of the listening audience to come back for more and to share with friends. I want one million unique listeners and downloads. I want Creative Quality Millie to be known around the world. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. So if you're listening to me on YouTube, Click subscribe, tip a and I just want to thank you guys for listening and enjoy and get your bop on copyright free. This week has been an extremely productive week for me, both individually and just creatively. I guess that's part of it all, but I got to learn extend my knowledge base by doing some research for the show and one of the things that I have been focusing on is reading, getting back into reading or utilizing my Audible membership to listen to uh, great works by African American authors, new and old, um, that I haven't had a chance to get. I am looking around in my house as my we uh, acquire or have acquired things from the passing of my father and as We have cleared out his house i am organizing and placing things in their respective places and i realize that i still haven't unpacked completely from when i moved into the house back in june of last year it's coming up on a year that i closed and made this home here on forest avenue my home and i think every racist confederate Because I believe Forest Avenue was named after Nathan Bedford Forrest, who established the KKK. But I'm sure they're all rolling over in their graves, but literally don't care. But as I am unpacking that, I realize that I still have hundreds of books, at least, that I have no space for at this time i hopeful to do some renovations on the house and have some built in and create my own, on the level, not even on the level of Trinity College's ancient library, but create just a place to put the books that I actually have now. Um, so I'm going to take my Audible which is how you listen to books, a way to listen to books, and also my podcast, I believe is on it too, but this is a means to basically acquire these books books, and um also um, satiate my own voracious uh need to acquire acquire more books. I have like fourteen books in my shopping cart um, on now, and that's the other thing, I renamed my online bookstores from Chatterbooks to Far From Beale Street. And I, made, I found some very interesting information about the establishment of this uh, street. It was basically the Eastern Black Wall Street established way back before the Civil War in 1841. Yellow Fever almost counted them out, they lost the charter, but then after the Civil War and Reconstruction, a black, uh, black man by the name of Robert Church purchased land around Bill Street and, and making him, and the establishment making him um, the first black millionaire of the South. And this is where everybody came to Perform from a musical standpoint. Um, everybody spoke there. Um, Frank FDR, Booker T, Woodrow Wilson, who is an undercover racist, but they all spoke and knew of the great, greatness of what we were doing on Bill Street. If I'm sure there are places like this here in um, Chattanooga. I just don't know where they are. And definitely um, they don't have an online, I I don't know of their online presence. That means it's just that they don't have one. It's just that I don't know of it. And I would like to harken back to an era and a time where we were the bomb because we had to be the bomb within our own collective. And I think that's why I renamed my bookstore. It reflects about where we were and where I hope to be. Um, Out of due respect, I think now, from what I understand, it is more gentrified, Um, but I would harken back to the days where Dizzy Gillespie, et cetera, all uh, fought to get a gig there, just like people fight for, um Las Vegas residencies because this was where it was happening outside of Harlem outside of uh Los Angeles outside of Detroit you got to Bill Street and when you were playing there you were something and that's what I hope to recapture um in this segment and plus what a greater way to um introduce um because feature book for this week. I've gotten through several chapters or listened to several chapters of Men's Fist by Tara Stringfeller, a former lawyer, now turned author. And if if this is any indication of what she can do, I can't wait to see what she is going to do in the future. So enjoy my musing on her first novel, Memphis. I'm going to see just how long I can stay outside before I'm run inside by wildlife. To me, wildlife is anything that with a stinger and that can buzz or slithers or has multiple legs and doesn't bark or waken. So <laughs> this is 10th broadcasting, actually recording poolside today. It's been over a week since... I have been inside my pool, Um, it's about time, you would say. I'm here armed with two bottles of Raid and we're gonna see just how long I can last before I go flying out of this pool as fast as I possibly can, probably wrenching my knee, um, hurting it worse than it already is. And I know I have this fear of getting stung that may be completely out of line or exaggerated, but I'm dramatic, so there. I admit it freely. Probably going to end up investing in another bug zapper um, because I do not want these bitches anywhere near me. Um, and I'm looking for. Hey, Cheryl what you doing I'm recovering from my vacation so I had to break this up because my friend Cheryl gave me a call and we chatted really long about her um her recent vacation but let's get back to Memphis chapter one this book is particularly about um the, like, three or four generations of African-American women um, in the city of Memphis, um, it is, to me, shaping up to be everything the internet and Oprah's book club has made it out to be. Great storytelling, um, and it chronicles... From the fifties on through to current times, interspersing historical After adjusting to the melody of dark and light, the contrast of the uh, black emphasis, of Martin Luther King assassination. The book itself is dedicated um, to George Floyd's daughter. She says it's a black fairy tale that she may be too young to handle now, but she's hopeful when she's actually ready to read it, um, she would be able to grasp it. Um, As I navigate through it and just listening to it, I have my noise canceling headphones in now. The descriptions of the homes, wow. the people. It is A worn in Persian rug stretched out before us what every writer place. strives where for. Where the people Derek's and the places come to life through words. Me, and down that's down why down I think, pants, oh, what's the child's down name? Down the Tara Stringfellow does and does extremely well. And I think know. this is her soft, he is her debut novel and can you imagine i can't imagine or can't imagine what her second work and i'm hopeful it's in the work and it her manager got her a two maybe three book deal because i can only hope that what she does next is just going to be it's just going to continue to get greater as she uh becomes more um accomplished and becomes because this is great and it's how can you follow up one great work after another if john grisham can figure that out and stay true to her gift of storytelling his gift of storytelling i'm sure that she can too she's going to figure it out just like um the women that she details and hails in the book and now i get what people idolize Beyonce so much because girls do run the world and this is how she is giving homage to these great women who ran her, potentially ran her world I'm sure is probably based on women that she you can write about more so people that you have experience with and I bet these women the women in her book is the women in her book are based loosely on the women of her life and they're coming to life for us also. She's blessing us with their presence and I can't wait to continue. I'm listening to it on Audible because I don't have one more space for another book in my house. So I'm going to continue to listen voraciously to the books that I would ordinarily buy and read. But you can't take the place of a good book and the look and the feel and the smell of a good book. I'm just saying. And I get to do it all poolside. So that's even better. It seems like to me that we are more or shaped by things outside of our control more so than what we would like to admit what I'm noticing about Memphis is she fell hell, one of the characters, Miriam fell uh, head over heels with someone that should have been the best but he was himself shaped by forces also outside of his control where he became warped, she became became more and came into her own never apologizing to have gone through any of it. To me, it was just amazing that they survived it all. I am always taken aback by people that don't apologize or people try to make them apologize for becoming strong, for choosing To go through any of it and reacting positively to the challenge. Why is it when I just first start talking that's when the bees decide to lose their freaking minds? That's why I think I am going to get a bug zapper to hang right there. I'm shaped by my fear of bees. And making sure I have strategically placed because again, I'm not going to share the outside with the outside. I don't I don't think I should have to. But I also don't think I should sequester myself and live through fear because that's not fair either. And this is again Tim Fro broadcasting from beside my pool spraying. I'm finished with that. Spraying my food with bug spray because I hate bugs. (laughs) I have resisted for a number of months to lean into the side-eye sidebars and just focusing on the negativity of what some of the stupid shit that people say but y'all won't allow me not to do it so here we go I have to restart side sidebars just to reflect on some of the dumbest crap that people talk about and and have said and I do, as long as there's social media and long as there as long as there is are people that are willing to to publish some of the stupidest things that people could absolutely say, I'm gonna have this section. I I mean, I can't get around it just because people are ridiculous. So here is Side Eye Sidebar, and the dumbass donkey of the week goes to uh, Representative Long from Ohio. Man, you really need to go sit down somewhere. You know, I wanted not to focus on side-eye sidebars or just negative things that people say. But what I'm noticing is that people are still clicking on my previous writing. I am dealing with or noticing a lot more often That even though you can try to be positive, people will go out of their way to say some really negative things um, for clout, for clicks, for whatever. And it's really hard to focus on coming up with positive things when we're surrounded by a war of negative words. Case in point. I was reading a Vanity Fair article recently and this was this fat neck, boss hog looking mug from, oh that's for the millennials. Boss hog was a racist uh, sheriff um, actually was he the mayor in um, Hazard County um, in Kentucky um, from the Dukes of Hazard and he was the epitome of privilege and white supremacy so when he um so when they showed this picture of this dude that's the first thing i thought it seems the republican party and those that don't identify with it or like sovereign citizens are trying to blame everything on the most stupid and mundane things about the recent uptick in uh, violence. Uh, and the reason is, it's there's a lot of reasons I think we are having this trail of tears here. It's because there are too many guns. The New York Times today did a compelling um, comparison uh, compelling comparison to uh, the mass shootings over the last couple of decades and the access. Why wow, she has her lips pursed? I can't watch this. Also, I also multitask um, and I have, if you can hear in the background, I watch my, some of my favorite shows, but those freaking cursed lips of Viola Davis in the First Lady is really aggravating me. So can't watch that while I'm trying to focus on recording this show. But anyways, there is it's to me, it's very simply simplistic. We live in a free society where people have access to a variety of guns. Either they buy them legally or they steal these mugs. Very compelling. But there if if we didn't have access or as many guns so ubiquitous and present like 7-Eleven stores and access to Slurpees, but it's more than that. <coughs> it's the people that have guns, they don't, they're do not they not forced to act responsibly. They get the gun for a variety of reasons, not just for protection, not just for hunting. They get them because they want to feel like a big man even though they're be- me- mediocre want to take out some retribution and frustration on an unwilling public because that is how they figure they're going to get notoriety, be seen finally, whatever. But we got places, we got people like this Boss Hog mug from Ohio saying stupid shit. Billy Long is his name saying that when we legalize abortion, uh, Life doesn't mean anything, so but okay, does that mean women are committing these atrocities? Uh, no, um, more and more is these young white dudes that have nothing to lose and they don't have any self control, these are the ones that are causing the issues with the guns, and for you to equate. <clears throat> The increase in gun violence to the liberalization of women is just as stupid as saying, well, we just got to strap up and have more armed resource officers in the schools when they actually have had and have an updated alarm system, but nobody follows protocol. So you can't have it both ways. My thing is an outright ban of semi-automatic weapons outside of the military is where we need to be. And what and you basically need to define that. If you can fire 40 rounds within a less than a sec a millisecond, that is a semi-automatic weapon, no matter if it's a rifle or if it's a handgun. Those do not need to be in the hands of civilian. You don't need access to them and be in violation of your second amendment rights. That is just straight up. And if you want to just protect your lying pockets, the gun lobby is lining your pockets. You need to get right with your maker because this level of violence touches everyone. Ask that um, congressman that got shot up on the softball field target. You become a target when you don't when you refuse to control the uh, reality, the reality of the situation, there's certain type of weaponry that doesn't need to be in the general population. And you can still have your second amendment rights because you know where the limits are. And you limiting access to these weapons definitely, I honestly believe, will decrease. Not, not just having people have Uh, equal rights and freedoms and access to safe abortions that's not going that has nothing to do with the uptick in violence so stop it and stop saying dumb shit like that all it is is incendiary and makes you look like a misogynistic racist that you actually are how about that and that's all I got to say about that royal family wouldn't find what I did to celebrate the Jubilee to be disrespectful, but I mean, the they have finally been integrated. I think there was some murmurings in the past about the uh, Indian that served Queen Elizabeth's great-grandmother of Queen Victoria, and there was a whole bunch of whispering because she went into mourning for almost 30 years after Uh, Prince Albert died. She was the original longest serving monarch prior to her great granddaughter taking on that label. And so all of this week, all I've been doing is, well, a couple of times I posted uh, me reminiscing because I actually had participated in the Diamond Jubilee um, unwittingly. Um, And then I basically posted uh, the fashion of the queen, her corgis, what she loves, her very uh, tense relationship with Princess Diana and now with Princess Meghan Markle. If she had been able to, or if the firm had been able to look outside of tradition and figure out how they could integrate these s- stellar people on their, own, on their own and how that only could prop up the monarchy. I think the relevancy of the monarchy would have been secured, but even though Diana's flame was tamped out way too soon, Meghan Markle, who is mixed, but she they she still has the, she married a royal, and it seems that they are happily married. I don't know these people. Have two great kids, very cute. Her daughter, who I just didn't realize just turned one years old, she basically gave birth and raised, raising kids during a freaking pandemic. Coming back to where she was supposed to have been in Frogmore and celebrating And meeting her great grandmother for the first time, I think is pretty bomb. And it also reflects current British culture, I guess. You know, not just different races of people mingling, but also mingling and being happy. They are the epitome of that, even though they are the supreme colonists. And a lot of what we're dealing with is a perversion of royalty with White supremacy to the nth degree, just like sovereign citizenship is a perversion of democracy. They people have taken it um and are doing the most with their the ideals and goes harkens back to the monarchy. But I'm here for it all. I'm here for the pomp and circumstance, I'm here for the bling. And I hope that this next section and how I view and look at the monarchy and what I reflect on um you will enjoy purely for its entertainment purposes um I'm getting ready to move the video podcast episodes behind a paywall but you at least get to enjoy the audio um of it um not only during this podcast but um if you subscribe on Patreon or Anchor FM, you'll be able to uh, view the video podcast and just let me know how what you think of my efforts. First, match shout out to Final Cut Pro in my ability to create. I could not let this um, Platinum Jubilee go on without Resurrecting or finding my clips from the uh, Jubilee celebration back in 2012. That was St. Paul's Cathedral, a fine English Bobby, and here now comes Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II, Windsor. And you can the GPS see as I Her Majesty so the Queen she she Like a light greenish is her color. Just to have been able to witness this historical event. Um and then you see and hear me. Going all Yankee by when the rest of the royal family comes on, I think it was that was the prince. I think one of the cars had Prince Andrew, and then it's a wrap. <laughs> and I'm just so honored to have been a, a witness. Oh, that is absolutely amazing. Cool. So. Welcome to a special episode of Pork's Bar. All hail the Queen, her Platinum Jubilee. I still remember being in or there in London for the 2012 celebration, and what they have planned and what I've seen online. Um, I can truly tell you it's completely different than whatever. What I also know is that this is a monarchy fraught with controversy, symbolism of colonialism. I look at this golden chariot and I'm reminded of what they had to do to get to this generational wealth. I look at her coronation in the 50s, how beautiful she was, draped in ancient ermine and diamonds that they people of India are asking back I look at her crown of statehood and again all I see are blood rubies and blood diamonds and then I now understand what she means about a life of service because she knew what was given up before to what she has now this is her uh, great-grandmother's emerald diamond Emerald and diamond, I think it's pearl, crown. And I actually have this book, The Crown Jewels. I actually bought it when I was in um, London. Um, I think it was the second time because The Crown Jewels are in the Tower of London. She looks so beautiful on her wedding day. Classic uh, 1940s or 1950s gown only to be upstaged by the people's princess, Diana, who was at, during her life, was probably more popular than the queen. Also, this is Meghan Markle making her mark on the world as only she can. And she's married, the bad boy prince, Harry. I think if his mother had lived, she would have been so proud. And this is the dress that I actually saw on display because I was there right after they got married, uh, Kate and William. This is what the queen wears, her Roy G. Biv outfits. Her style and aesthetic have not changed And I think this is over maybe a 20 or 30 year period. And it's basically the same. She looks like anybody's rich grandmother. Straight up gangster Philip Treacy hats, a coat, sensible shoes, like she's on her way to happiness. This is a scene on the royal balcony. Um, this is prior to Prince, uh, the prince passing away, and it minus Meghan Markle, because I think they had come to America. This is also more of her aesthetic. Uh, with the Obamas. Of course I was not, not going to include this when she visited here. And this is her looking fly, probably on her way to some premiere, but this is, I chose these outfits because of their iconic nature and right, again, right with her aesthetic. She is a beautiful woman built for service. But can you always imagine this is Diana in her Elvis dress from 1989, still being compared to a dead woman who, again, is probably just as popular or even more popular than she was in her death as she, it was in her life. Couldn't figure out how to deal with her. This is her with her husband uh, next to a Land Rover, or probably on safari somewhere. And I do recall her being a uh, mechanic. Here are her horses. And this was just taken before she became less mobile this year. Um, And this is the way you do it. This is how you take a cool selfie, I guess. And she loved her corgis. Her as a young woman, a young girl, and then as an adult woman. I can't imagine her ever wanting just to be a regular life when she dedicate her life to the service of the world and the empire, and all she has to do is show up, look flawless, smile, and keep it pushing. Uh, My mind is on her this morning because it just seems like something's about to go down. So I'm rounding the bend to coming up on the conclusion of this episode. Um, And it's not even running all that long. It's actually going really well. I'm watching and listening to some really great things and completely dominated by the new release of um, season two of P-Valley. And I just wanted to play... A little bit of this because this is all I've been pumping to for the last like three days. I decided at like 730 on Thursday night that I had to rewatch the entire first season of P Valley. And this is one of the reasons why. This bitch I'm this stupid. the stupid i You don't even have to like trap music It is just one of those catchy beats That I think you guys are all going to enjoy um, In this particular part of the episode I'm not only going to be uh, musing And I have an extended musing on P-Valley That I think I'm going to record more on Because I'm getting fit to watch it for the fifth time I talk about um, how I basically am very envious of how Feed Phil is into his fifth season and gets to travel around and be a dumbass um, all over the world. Hacks on HBO Max, um, 90 Day Fiance continuing to hate watch that. Bobby Brown is back, but I don't think Bobby Brown is very healthy. And he's trying to basically shore up the finances of his family because he his skin color and any indication what he alluded to um in uh, the episodes is very concerning. Uncorked uh Courtney B. Vance is like everybody's strong will older uh, uncle or father. Um, and all of these, and plus P-Valley. And all I can say is if you learn anything from any of these people, just like Bobby Brown, you got to dream, you got to get the resolve to uh, greatness, grind, and repeat. And if that's what it requires for me to basically either make the same amount or more about my day job and to be able to have this much fun on a Sunday afternoon, every single day, this is what I got to do. And, and I'm going to be like Lil Murder is says on P-Valley. If I'm going to be an expat, blinged out in Ghana. I'm going to be stupid. Rich. I'm blow what exactly am i watching i'm watching a whole bunch of trash tv and i don't consider p valley on stars through my subscription through amazon that it's technically not trash tv and i consider it softcore porn but it's kind of cool I decided, like on Thursday night, um, that I really needed to rewatch the entire first season, and I've, we've been waiting for the second season to drop for over a year. And they we go back to fictional Chalky uh, Mississippi, uh, during the pandemic, the shenanigans of the previous season pick right back up how they are living and thriving in this very small but it feels large part of Mississippi that are dominated by trans women and very strong black women that like the book I'm reading which is crazy Memphis um, you got the extreme Uh, religious who are hypocrites and then you got the people that own up and survive again by their wits and uh, on their beauty we take up with the death of the yellow girl's uh, ex-boyfriend Montravius, I think his name is, which is the blackest name on the planet, and he gets capped. I'm not sure. I still don't understand who shot him. I don't under. I don't know if Mercedes shot him, the yellow girl shot him, or Uncle Clifford shot him. But the yellow girl, Autumn, or Haley, um, I just remember her name is now the owner of the pink and they saved it from the auction block. The money that she stole or was stolen from Montrevious, I don't remember. They have taken to basically keep the pink and the staff of the pink afloat um, because basically the pandemic shut down the titty bars in Mississippi and they come back they turn it a car wash and a partially yeah they basically turn a car wash into a drive-through strip club which is crazy the music slaps and mercedes i didn't they i didn't realize that she actually has a body double i read the credits that's how many times i've watched it and i'm watching it for the, for the time now but These women are so athletic. They're so beautiful. Um, They have a type of beauty that's enviable by everyone. Um, What they do sell is lust and they make no apologies for it. And that's why I think they are so unapologetically unapologetic in a place where people want you to apologize for your black power, your sexual power or owning your sexual power that you don't that you want, you have to make yourself small in order to get along. And I think that's what I have uh, a problem with the Mississippi character or the Keyshawn character, where she is an absolutely magnificently beautiful woman. Her art is um, her, the dance, and how she works that pole but she makes herself look small because the white boy baby daddy fetishizes her and he had to feel like a man he has to uh beat up on her i'm wishing that diamond actually killed him because there's no place for that type of energy that white supremacist privileged white boy energy in anybody's movie but I think he is do a ass whipping. I'm not sure who's gonna do it. If it's gonna be Keyshawn, Lil Murder, or somebody, but they gonna need to whip up on him because both her with Lil Murder, even though he, I don't know if he's bi or sexually fluid or whatever, she's limiting herself because she's trying to have a relationship by with someone that doesn't deserve her she doesn't need this yellow-haired richie rich looking mug um who doesn't have a dime who can't keep a fucking job and who is i bet he's gonna maybe it'll end when he dies in a rain of bullets because i think he is the type of white boy mediocre white boy that would get an ak-47 and go blasting up somebody just because oh well, maybe he gonna do Oh, I don't like that storyline, but I want him to go out in a hail of bullets because Keyshawn don't need him. She really needs to get away from him, but she doesn't see her own power. She does not own up to her own power, unfortunately. And that makes me sad for her, or it makes me sad for the character. I talk about these people like I actually know them, but which I actually found hysterically funny. Um, what else have I been watching? Look at me, uh, waxing, uh, poetic, about um, <laughs> P Valley, katora I think her name is Katora Hall is his my marvelous job writing and and the directors are, are just amazing. Also, Uncle Clifford is looking slash snatched. A little bit of Botox and fellas goes a long way for a real big queen. I'm just saying. I recorded the next section at about 422. I don't know where my REM R- R- sleep went, but I got up and um, I did laundry wrote out another script script for my podcast which i'm working on now or speaking on now uh but i uh got the idea to record a couple of video podcasts on that because that's uh anchor fm allows you to do that now which i think is pretty cool and i've been utilizing it like crazy as well as as well as um using um final cut and the ability to create um some great i think great video from um i shoot it on my phone or i gather a bunch of pictures that i want to speak about and write about and i just create my own craft or my own videos it's kind of cool and i still dream of writing a script uh and going on a writer's retreat in Senegal, write a show that host gets paid to watch and read and review. Either I can do it, or I could just be the uh, showrunner and researcher, and we all get paid uh, for a show. Um, other TV stuff that I've watched, I wouldn't mind, I would just wanna be the host and write for my own show, but until then, I, I, re, I watch shows like Feed Phil, who is eating most the probably the best lobster rolls I've ever seen, but I did enjoy um, when I was in Maine. Um, I would like to go to places like Oregon and, and back to Washington where I don't work to that farm Airbnb. Stay for the watching of the natural salmon, visit more wineries and talk about them. Do it on my time if I were more independently wealthy and I didn't have to work during at night. I think that's one of the things because I was sleep deprived and I never um, allowed myself to adjust to um, the West Coast. I don't think I would wanna go back now. I ain't no water out there, so I'm just, Barely keeping it together here on the east coast. I don't want to have to pull up and have to adjust anymore. If I'm going to do all that, I'm going to the west coast of Africa. Just saying, I want to. He in that in this episode, they were up on a farm shearing sheep. Um, I looked at that wool, and all I could think of is spinning it and learning how to weave it into my own blankets and my own soft uh breathing clothes loose fit and i wouldn't have to pay eileen fisher an arm and a leg to create my own clothes that i would could create if i could sew or have a tailor make the clothes that i would want to and pay them and not some type of um uh mass designer hacks is one of those shows that's on tv that has its own audio podcast companion um and you can listen to it after it's hosted on um, HBO max and you can just tell me if my references are completely off. And I think it's just a well-written show and very cohesive. It follows Gene Smart, um, and her delusional young writer and this other, uh, character, she's Asian American and she brings in, um, a, ba- a pocket a bag full of popcorn and a designer purse um, they invite her along uh, for the ride <laughs> um, as she has to rebrand and refocus uh, when she gets thrown out of her 30 year. Uh, Run on the Vegas strip by somebody that she thought she could trust. Again, another man flexing and also her delusional ex-junkie daughter marries a wannabe UFC fighter. Uh, She gives him a kind word because Jean Smart is one of those type of women that keeps getting knocked the fuck out, but she keeps getting bouncing back up with multiple head injuries. And she comes back crazier every time she gets knocked down, but she makes somehow she makes it work for her. And that's the whole deal with the show. It's about somebody that's clawing their way to the top of a mountain, realizing they were once on a molehill, climbing their way back to on the top of Mount Everest and flourishing again, coming back bigger and badder. This character, that this season that dropped, she also sues the delusional writer for violating her non-disclosure agreement. Um, and, they, and then the writer girl continues to tour with her um, and soaring to even more greatness, propping up someone that is addicted to the fame and uh plastic surgery so there you go 90 day fiance i've been saying i hate this cast this is probably for me and i know they have to put the worst more salacious Stunts of these cast members and their relationships with all of these potential immigrants because it wouldn't be a show and people wouldn't hate watch it like I do. I hate Emily and Casey. I hate Ari. I hate Bilal. Emily, I hate the most because she got caught up in a booty call. Ari is crazy and Bilal is an emotional abuser. And it's probably one of the most hate feel shows on tv but I'm petty so I still watch it. I've also watched the Bobby Brown epics not a whole bunch of new tea it just highlights some things that I absolutely forgot or didn't know and now makes sense. His life is full of turmoil starting from an early diagnosis of bipolar disorder at a young age not getting the therapy and the medications he did until he had thoroughly abused his body and his mind. His form of R&B, how he had became super wealthy, really young, during a short period of time, and he has pissed away over $100 million and major um, uh, recording contract. um, And it's probably, I think he lost his studio and a whole bunch of homes uh, because he wasn't in good therapy. And I I really didn't know he had built this powerhouse uh, studio in Atlanta um, and had recorded some of the greatest uh, groups and singles of all time. He was somebody also that he knew he didn't want to go back to the hood, but he didn't know. But he still had the hood mentality and he couldn't. And his demons is what kept him from having the type of generational wealth that only people Um, of a different skin color, have enjoyed for years. I also started thinking um, about his and Whitney's tumultuous uh, relationship, comparing it to my own parents, how drugs also destroyed them, and how if he could have kicked the narcotics sooner, maybe we wouldn't have gone through that such a bitter breakup and we wouldn't have had to leave our home that now I'm cleaning out and getting ready to sell. I wish she could have kept his swagger and craziness to just a slow burn and it wouldn't have burned him out and torched him at the tender age of 50. His skin color, that ashen gray, bespeaks to he has, has a heart condition. Um, I didn't know he had stents. In addition to the fact that he's had a couple of uh, drug fuel uh, strokes, which also doesn't help, he's the king of of comebacks. He alluded to his uh, affairs with both Madonna and Janet Jackson and how he didn't see and the people around him didn't see just how great he absolutely was and also how relevant he was but his relationship with whitney houston who also was great and didn't know of her greatness was an intersectionality of just craziness um and dysfunction his children bobby christina and whitney they he was talking about how they are coming to him and telling him that either he needs to get his shit together or because he could be joining them soon. He says he's a big crier, but some of that I think is um, the after effects of the strokes and his illness and the drugs. I'm watching Uncorked on Netflix where Courtney B. Vance is the every cool black father who reminds me of my uncles, Tom and Milton Parents really want more from their kids, and in a positive world, they would love them to follow in their footsteps, but sometimes that gets their way of them following in their footsteps does not mean the same to the kids um, if they don't let them get experience things the way that they want to and carry on a family business like the barbecue joints, again in Memphis, doing it their own way and he had to learn i mean the go, the guy was such a dork and he failed the master somnolay's class and he went back and it ended with him having to take it the class and take it again but he was resolved to basically do it and his father when his mom got sick because her cancer came back um they didn't call him back uh from france he still had to experience his life and his presence there. I think they knew his presence there would have never made a difference. And he had to get his experience and pay for that expensive butt class when dude basically dropped him because he took a, uh, a job with his father at Citibank, of all places. All of these things just remind me and the parents allowing their kids to dream, you resolve to do the work you grind and you repeat until the dream becomes your reality. That's why P Valley, Feed Phil, Hacks, 90 Day Fiance, all the Bobby Brown chapters and Uncork, um, that's what I basically talk about and that's what I am resolving to do. My biggest dream is to get paid the same or more for what I get paid during the week, working for an insurance company and taking that energy and writing for my own show. And if I keep this up, keep getting fresh ideas, uh, and keep creating these stories, and from my unique point of view, I think I'll get through it. You can subscribe to this episode um, and more that are getting ready to go behind the paywall um, on my YouTube channel, Tim is Reading, Anchor, or Spotify, Podbeam, and for the more paywall and <laughs> on Patreon. And just like Little Murder, I'm getting out this bitch and be super rich. Maybe. Rich with more just money, but with ideas and spin-off shows. Who knows? Again, dream resolve grind, repeat. So, as I said, since the episode of P-Valley dropped, just literally just dropped um, Thursday or Friday morning, I have watched it like um, five times literally have watched it five times and it's like i'm watching it and i'm noticing more stuff on it like the hypocrisy of uh, mercedes's mom and she's at she giving these people i don't know if it's a cd or a dvd at she giving out boxes of food and in order for you to get a box of food it looks like you have to take one of her DVDs of her message. And I just realized that little murder, uh, and he's cooking in his kitchen while he's making up trap music. um, And he's putting barbecue on like fried bologna sandwich, but it's one of those food boxes. But he is supposed to be a big time uh, recording star. He's a trap princess. But he's taking handout in the food pantry. I, I it, it can't be more ironic. But him putting the barbecue sauce on the fried bologna sandwich is funny. But the music that they are laying down, the track that they're laying down, is everything. And he's like, "I'm about to be out this bitch." I, he, I, he is feeling it. Um, and it's one of the episodes when he, uh, premieres, um, with. Keyshawn or Mississippi, um, in a strip club. When he releases this, if this is gonna be their his next title trap when he goes on tour during a pandemic, you know, I can't wait for it to drop because it means so much to people that basically have nothing and are just, you know, scraping by, they can actually feel it. And that's what he's feeling in this song. He's dreaming. He's grinding and he's repeating. He, this, his character, again, also is everything because he's now swole and fine now. But it also is the aspirations of most black people and black men and, and, and specifically and black creators like myself that want to do more and see more. Just be on your grind and create Continue to create. It will catch up with you. If you're doing something with excellence, the pay will come later. His chance is going to go up and it's going to be even bigger than what his his first single did. Um, they're not going to have to wrap money around garden bricks. They're going to absolutely have the bricks and have something to show for even more. So I hope he doesn't get caught up in the stupidness that I think um, Keyshawn's baby daddy um. I, I truly can see him going postal and lighten up everybody just because he can't have it and he thinks he needs it just because of the color of his skin. I just hope he doesn't get caught up in that nonsense. But until then, I am going to enjoy him and DJ Never Scared making fresh beats in the track in the trap house. How cool is that? So that's how we're gonna end this episode. And I'm gonna end it with a, po- a positive word. I used to scoff at people making this statement because maybe because of its simplicity, or maybe because it sounded more like an admonishment that I was being everything but kind. But then when I started investigating it for myself, that's when I realized that I was confusing politeness with kindness. Politeness is a fake superficial manner in which there's no required investment, no self-reflection. But being kind is an adjective. It is, on, it is an action. If you're kind to yourself first, it's like exercise memory. You will continue and be kind to others. Let that sit with you for a while. I'm going to try to be kind to myself I'll be kind to others. It's very simple and you got to repeat it. Lean into the spirit of a new year by counting your blessings, giving to others and spreading happiness. I know I will. And this episode or this podcast is my means to spread joy and happiness and light and enlightenment. There's so much going on with aggression and um, just meanness. But if I can leave you with one small positive thought, start your day with that that can change everything for you and and just basically change your day don't forget to check out Dale's Angels Inc for the notes on this podcast as well as other works by CQM in um that are and other contributors that are in work or in um being edited right now um also check out my Instagram feed 10fro is Reading. You can check me out on Facebook, 10fro is Reading Book Club, as well as my YouTube channel, Tinfro is Reading and Eating. And what I'm just chatting and streaming um, at TV Food Wine Girl on Twitter. Uh, navigate to Riders Block Coffee or ship a bag of use my promo code 10 coffee or 10 got jokes respectively to get a percentage off of your order don't forget to drop me a line at 10 at was reading at gmail.com um All non-trolly messages may be actually uh, read online. And you can do the same if you are in Podbean or Anchor or wherever you listen to the podcast. And again, shedding light and positivity. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Until next time, bye.